0: Write to be read podcast, episode number 73, interview with Tim Page. Are you struggling trying to figure out how to sell copies of your book, especially the first 100 copies? The Author Marketing Institute is offering access to their latest free video course called Selling the First 100 Copies of Your Book. This is the course everyone should have when they started publishing. It goes through all the basics from starting a mailing list to experimenting with different prices. If you follow the instructions in this course, you should be primed and ready to sell your first 100 copies, if not many more. Sign up for free at www. Authormarketinginstitute.com
1: You are listening to the Right to Be Red Podcast, and this is your host, Annie Alexander.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Right to Be Right Podcast. As always, it's me, Annie Alexander, and I would like to thank absolutely everyone who's listening to the show now. Well, today we have another interview and my today's guest is Tim Page. And Tim is proud to be the conversion educator at Lead Pages And an experienced marketer in all forms of media, Tim spends his days speaking to the most successful marketers across multiple industries and sharing his findings with business owners who want to increase their marketing results. And in this interview, specifically tim provides practical advice about where to start building audience how to drive traffic to your site and how to build grow and treat your email list well let's get to the interview enjoy hello tim Uh, thank you so much for coming over to the show and welcome to the right to be read podcast awesome thanks
1: so much for having me here it's an honor to be here (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thanks. Uh, actually, um, when I'm thinking about um, conversions, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the first person I, I know online, which comes to my, who comes to my mind is you actually, because uh, I listen to your conversion cast podcast, which you host. And it kind of, you know, it brings lots of value in terms of, you know, all those small things that one could do and have a huge impact. So today, I think that what would be really great was uh, to talk about um, the authors who need to start building their audience from scratch. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's um, and thanks for the kind words. I appreciate them. And yeah, it's it, you know, we were just kind of having a little discussion, and I I really find that uh, it can be kind of a daunting experience when you're when you're an author uh, to try to get you know try to find people to read your book. Uh, it's one thing to be a fantastic writer and artist, uh, and then it's an, another thing entirely to get people to actually get to experience your fantastic art so yeah I would love to help with that in any way I can
0: yeah actually I, I it's such a pity I'm, I'm meeting many writers who kind of send their draft manuscripts or their first books for me just to have a look and you know tell what I think and there are really really great books out there and uh, very often they don't go much further just because people don't know about them so it's it's a, it's a matter of visibility it's a matter of, of, of you know going out there and and sharing their work so um once they get the courage and self-publish their book later on they they get this issue about having people know about it and and having people know that this kind of author exists so um let's start maybe from the very beginning let's put ourselves in in this kind of person's, uh, shoes and see, let's say someone wrote his first book. It's on Amazon. It's a good book. And, uh, before that there was no online presence, uh, no followers on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere, you know, he's starting from scratch. What would you recommend or what he should do from the very beginning?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I always get asked, you know, what, um, you know, where, where should I start? Should I start on social media? Should I start by building a blog? You know, where should I start? And to be honest, my answer, regardless of whether you're a writer or an artist or a business person or whatever you are, the first place to start is by building your email list. And the reason I say that is because your email list is an asset that you own. Uh, you know, Facebook, if you've got a great Facebook following and you've got tons of people on there, if something happens and Facebook shuts down, you've lost all of your fans yeah exactly you know, I, you know what I mean it's not an asset that you own if Facebook changed their po- changes their policy all of a sudden uh and, and they decide that you can't you know communicate on your Facebook page anymore or they decide that uh, they feel like you're spam and they shut down your account that's it they're gone. whereas your email list you own that that's an asset that you own. you can have those contacts forever and so I always you know really encourage people to start by building their list and it's an area that a lot of people uh, kind of struggle with because they don't know where to start in growing their list so the first place that I often recommend people to start is to get you know get the title of their book .com. so let's say you know Annie let's say your book was onnie's or Annie's book right so you would get anie's and you would link anie's to a landing page and all a landing page is is it's it's a simple that's designed to, get able to take an action. And typically that action on a landing page is it's usually to opt in, meaning to give you their email address. So, you know, get anniesbook.com, send it to a landing page. And on that landing page, you can give away a variety of things. Now, what a lot of people tend to do is they will have people opt in to get a chapter of their book. And that is great if people already know who you are or if people already know you're writing. But if somebody gets to that page and you're a brand new writer and this is your first, right? Yeah, so people won't know who you are. And so I wouldn't give away a chapter of your book. What I would give away is maybe some kind of a resource or something that would appeal to readers of your book. So let's say, as an example, you have a book on, uh, you know, starting your first business. OK, let's just say for an example. Actually, Ani, are are most of your uh, listeners, are they fiction writers, nonfiction or just general? Well, authors?
0: I have a feeling that I have both. So, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Great. So let's just use as an example, you wrote a book on how to start your first business. Mm -hmm. So what you would want to do is think of who is going to read your book. So most often, if you got a book on starting your first business, uh, you're speaking to an enterprising person, somebody who who wants to start a business, who maybe is working a job right now, doesn't like their job, that kind of thing. So picture your ideal reader and then figure out what's one thing that you could do to help them uh, do whatever it is that your book helps them do. So your book helps them start a business. So why not give away a one-page PDF list of the four uh, top tools that you need to start your first business?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? Because that's going to get them, somebody who is going to read your book will be interested in that. And no, it doesn't really speak specifically to your book, but it speaks to your book's audience. So now they'll get on that list. And you can have your welcome email say something like, you know, hi, this is Annie, the author of the book How to Start Your 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 Very First Business. I hope you've enjoyed the tools to help you start your first business. They're going to get you started. If you're interested in getting a jump start in starting your own business, you know, check out my book. It's on Amazon right now for 9.99 or whatever.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So
1: That's a good place to start, but I know right now the fiction authors that are listening are going, yeah, but what about me? I'm not going to give away a list of tools for somebody who's (laughs) interested in reading my murder mystery, right?
0: Exactly. (laughs) So instead,
1: and this is going to seem counterintuitive, why not offer a list of the top five murder mystery books that most fans have never heard of? Mm -hmm. And you can include some, you know, and I'm I'm not a big murder mystery reader, but you could include, you know, some books that are really kind of... You know, maybe some older ones that are iconic, but that not, not a lot of people have read. You can include a few kind of modern ones by, by not well-known writers. And then guess what? One of the books is yours. And you say, you say something like, you know, I know this might seem self-serving, but this is my book called Ani's Murder Mystery. And, um, you know, it, it's something that I've poured years and years into as a big fan of murder mysteries my entire life. I know that you'll love this book and I recommend you check it out.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so now you're building your list while at the same time planting the seeds with your audience that you are the expert or you are the author that they should be reading. And then from there, you know, of course, we can talk about what to do once they're on your list. But that's where I would start. I would start by building your list with a simple landing page like that.
0: Okay that uh, and i guess that if if you have uh something that you're giving out which is very interesting for your audience then the conversion rate will go up also so most you know more people who will be visiting that page will most probably click and and leave their email
1: yeah and so i totally you're totally right and it's the idea is that it appeals to a major uh, pain or interest that your audience has. And so if they're a business person that wants to start a business, their pain is that they want to start a business, but they don't know how they don't know what steps to take. And so you can provide them with that. If they're somebody who absolutely loves murder mysteries, you know, you want to speak to their desires. And, you know, for example, let's even, let's even switch it a little bit. Instead of murder mysteries, we'll talk about something I love, which is like superheroes. I love the X-Men and Avengers and, you know, Marvel and Batman. I, I love that stuff. And so for me, what I like is I like knowing kind of the, the little quirks, the little details that few people kind of catch because, you know, maybe they didn't read the comics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so those of us that have read the comics, you know, really want to know like more about kind of the ways that things tie in together. So if I'm, gonna, if I'm, if I'm um, on a landing page that's like, you know, the five things you never knew about the Avengers comics. Well, then I'm going to read that. And so if yours is a superhero story and fans of The Avengers would like it, and then you, you know you get me on your list and I download that guide, first off, the conversion rate for the guide itself will be good because you know people will want to read that kind of stuff. And then the conversion rate to convert that person to a paying reader of your book, somebody who buys your book, is going to be higher because you're showing that, hey, you're an author that understands what I like and you like the same things that I like. So chances are I'm going to like your book.
0: Ah, exactly. Yeah, very true. So let's say, okay, the author created a very attractive um, incentive that he's giving out, and the landing page looks very good. Uh, Now, how are we driving people to the landing page?
1: Yeah, and this is something that uh, we could talk about for about 10 podcast episodes in a row. (laughs) Um, because it's one of the number one questions that I get asked is, how do we drive traffic? And um, so there are so many different ways. And the way that I like to break this down is that you have two options. You either have money or you have time. Maybe you have both money and time, and that's great. You're in the best position you can be in. But the reason why I say that is because if you have money, you can save yourself the time by paying for traffic. Uh Whether that's through... Facebook ads, whether it's through Google ads, you know, even Twitter has ads now, um, you know, you can, you can take out ads and actually pay for traffic if you want to. Um, so that's one way, but you know, uh, I was a, I was a touring musician for a long time. And I know that, uh, if you're like, I was, uh, most of us artists are, uh, not made of money <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so we really want, we want the, you know, the, the, the less expensive or the free ways to do it. And so, um, the bad news is that if you don't have the money, you need to have some time. And that's just how it's going to shake out. Uh, There's no fast path to tons and tons of traffic. You know, there are people that will tell you that the secret is to, you know, go write blog posts on other people's blogs and do all this kind of stuff. And that's all well and good. But most of the time you need to build those relationships. And that takes time.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So but the good news about all that is that if you want to drive traffic effectively, one of the best ways to do that is through content marketing. And guess what? As an author, you already know how to create great content.
0: Exactly. And so exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what that means is you have to write quality blog posts that um, that that not only speak to your particular audience, but also and this is not my area of expertise, but I'm going to probably sound ignorant when I say this, but also our Uh, include relevant keywords that people searching for your, you know, these keywords would would relate to your book. And if you want a great resource for that kind of stuff, I would recommend that you check out anything that the Content Marketing Institute talks about or anything that Andy Crestedina from Orbit Media Studios talks about. The two of them are brilliant when it comes to content marketing. Mm -hmm. But I will say that content marketing is the best way to get lots and lots of traffic. Track traffic if you're not going to be spending money. That means writing high quality blog posts. They don't have to be 8000 word blog posts, although you may find you have great, great success with that if that's your style. Uh, That means doing a podcast, maybe if that makes sense for your audience. That means YouTube videos, if that makes sense for your audience. But I do understand that Uh, A lot of the time, people really specialize in one area. So if you're a writer, you might be really great and love writing, but you hate speaking or you hate being on camera, maybe. So what you do is you syndicate it. So you write that blog post. Then you go somewhere like, let's say, Voice Bunny, where they will actually uh, have a, a professional voice artist go and read your blog post and put it into an audio file. So now you have an audio version which you can use as a podcast. It doesn't have to be you reading it. And then what you do is you take that and you go to somebody who will produce videos for fairly inexpensive uh, and have them just take it and create some kind of a video, whether it's a PowerPoint uh, or you could even do it if um, if you have like a ScreenFlow or Camtasia and you just take that audio and turn it into some kind of a presentation that's a video that you can now put on YouTube. So now you've turned one piece of content into all of this content that can be all over the place. You, you can be on YouTube, you can be on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, you can you know, be on your blog, you can syndicate your blog post out. And then from there, you can actually share that you've got quality content and work on getting guest blog posts on other blogs that your audience would enjoy.
0: Yeah, and I think it it's a very good option because writers uh they have to write anyway, uh, most of the time. So it's it's not like a time wasted because it's it's a practice and you know, the more they, they write the better their skill becomes. So You know, it's 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 the best, uh, most probably mean for them to to drive traffic uh, because they I mean, they they write anyway, most of the time and they have to do that. So I guess that's the best option.
1: Exactly. You've already got the skill. Why not use it not just for your art, but also for your marketing? Because, you know, art is fantastic. But if nobody is getting a chance to view it, then. Uh, it's just art for fun and, and I assume that you would like to get your artwork out into the world. So that's a great way to do it. Write great content that relates to what you're already talking about and people will, people will go there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that when when you said that it takes time and you need to build relationships, then, you know, when you already have the content, you can kind of, you know, contact people and you have a reference and they can go and see w- what you are about, in fact.
1: That's exactly it. You have an opportunity to show people that you know what you're doing, that you have some writing chops. Hopefully at, by that point, you know, you've got maybe some friends and family to get over there and read the blog post and comment and share it on social media so that you have social proof that people care about what you have to write. And then when you reach out to somebody in your same kind of space and you say, hey, you know, I, I would love to write a custom blog post for you uh, that that will make you know perfect sense for your audience. It'll help you with your content schedule, uh, and and I write high quality stuff. And of course, I'll promote the heck out of it, and they can see your blog posts and know that you you're the real deal. And that's that's important.
0: Yeah. So it's it's just you know the the way I'm imagining all this is um, it's just one step at a time you you just have to to realize that it you know it takes time it takes some effort it takes uh, some work and it won't happen overnight but slowly and steadily you will grow your email list and you will uh, become uh, you know known by the audience which will uh, eventually be interested in your book
1: exactly right
0: Okay, so let's say like, let's get the ideal situation, the time has passed, you've done everything right. And you already have an email list, which is quite, I mean, substantial, let's say, how are you keeping these people engaged? So they they don't I mean, you have you are supposed to email them periodically. So what what besides your blog post? content or whatever you will be writing, do you advise to email those people and keep uh, uh, them engaged? Because very often you're kind of, you know, you, you feel like you're broadcasting yet another media and you're emailing those people, but you never hear back from them. So you end up thinking, you know, are these people even reading what I've written or not?
1: Right. Yeah. So the first thing I will say is the biggest mistake that you can make with your email list is to not email them. Uh, I know a lot of people that spend a whole lot of time collecting an email list and then have no follow-up sequence in place. You know, they don't really send them emails. And if they do, it's just a pitch for something. So, you know, you want to keep in regular contact with your audience. And one way to know if people are actually reading your emails is to check your analytics. So, you know, whatever email service provider you're using, whether it's AWeber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, whatever you've got, you know, they'll have analytics. And it will tell you, You know, how many people on your list are actually reading what you're sending? How many of them are clicking on the links in there? So, uh, you know, one way, you know, because most people won't respond to to those emails. So one way to actually remind yourself that people are reading them is to check those analytics. Now, don't go crazy with them. I I know so many people that are like, oh, my God, my last email had a 2% worse open rate than the last one. (laughs) Yeah. For most people's lists, that really doesn't mean much, okay? So don't go crazy with the analytics, but just take a look at them to remind yourself that people are opening them, people are checking out your stuff, and people are so busy that it just doesn't mean that they're going to hit reply. I rarely reply to any emails that I get uh, in, in you know, that are that are lists that I'm on. However, that doesn't mean I'm not reading them because I read most of them. I only subscribe to lists that I'm interested in. In fact, today I replied to one for the first time in a long, long time, had a great conversation with the person who, who ran the list. So, you know, remember that when you're doing it. And I guess the next thing is um, you want your email list to feel special, but at the same time, you don't have to treat it like, you know, you have to constantly be pumping out content crazy for them. So what we've found that's really effective is is the first thing is to... Um, have the occasional email that is simply to promote your blog posts, mm-hmm. and, and you'll say something you know along the lines of, um, you know, the subject would be something enticing. In fact, I literally right before we got on the the call, I saw I think my favorite subject line I've ever seen. It was from Ramit Sethi, and it said, "Forward, you just got paid six thousand eight hundred and fifty four dollars." It's a brilliant subject line because who's not going to open that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And because Ramit has built trust, I know that it's not a spammy email, but it was a clever subject line to get me to open. So you do want to have a clever subject line. And then the, the copy of your email should really only have one goal, um, at least for this this form of email, and that's to get people to click through to read your blog. And so what you do is you kind of tease the blog post, you tell people what they're going to get from reading it, and then you tell them, hey, click the link below to read the blog post now. Oh, okay, then,
0: That that's interesting that you told that because I I know that uh, in the emails, you also have the option of putting the whole blog post inside. So you recommend to put just a summary or, you know, you, a small teasing text and then link it to, to the main um, post on the blog and let people go and visit your blog.
1: Yes, do not do not include your entire blog post in your emails. Because what happens is all of those people that are on your list, if they read that blog post in your email, that's a bunch of traffic that is not going to your website. That's a bunch of comments that are not getting posted on your blog post. That's a bunch of social shares that are not happening because those buttons are all in your blog post. And so what that means is that, um, what that means is that you're losing all of that you know SEO juice. You're losing all the that potential additional traffic. So send them through to your blog post. Sure, that means that you're going to lose a few people that don't. Uh, you're going to lose a few people that that would normally have opted into your. Um, or I'm sorry, that would normally have read your blog post. So That's what I was trying to say. Mm. Uh, So you would lose some people that would normally have read your blog post. However, uh, the ones that you that you lose will be nothing compared to how many you can gain by getting that SEO juice, getting that additional traffic to your blog, showing Google that your blog is legit. And so, yeah, I would definitely send them to your blog. And then. The other kind of email that I would send, and this one doesn't have to be as frequent, it can be occasional, like once a month or once every couple of weeks, is you'll include something that's exclusive for your email list readers. And this will not direct people to your blog. This would be where you can write some kind of nice content that, you know, is maybe a blog post length uh, or is maybe some kind of a free resource like an infographic or something like that that is only for your mailing list subscribers. This allows you to first off, have people want to stay on your list because it's it's you know content that's specially for them. They feel kind of like they're special. and it also allows you to when you're promoting your mailing list, whether it's on podcast interviews or other blog posts, you can say, you know, uh, subscribers on my mailing list get members only content that nobody else gets, and the best part is it's free. So if you want to get special you know, uh, special content like my blah, blah, blah infographic, my blog, you know, my, my email on how to do X, Y, and Z and this other thing, then make sure you subscribe to my blog or my, you know, my, uh, list.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. So they they know that besides that small um, ebook or whatever it was, they they opted in, in order to get they are also on ongoing basis are getting added value just for being a a subscriber.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, and yeah, that sounds great. So, uh, I mean, we're all busy people. And, uh, you know, not many of us don't even have time to read all their emails. Because, you know, very often, we kind of, you know, for all these small, nice things we want to get, we we opt in to different uh, sites and end up receiving lots of stuff. So what do you think? Which is the right balance? How frequent should one uh, email their lists?
1: Yeah, and this is, this is an interesting one. And it totally depends on your particular audience and kind of not necessarily what the norm is in that space, but uh, just kind of a tolerance level. And I think what that's going to involve is a lot of testing. So find out what the open rates are like if you send three emails a week or if you send one email a week. Um, I, I would test that and find out what works for you. So we email at Lead Pages, I think it's every other day. Uh, sometimes it's every three days, but um, you know we try not to email our list too much, but we try to email them enough so that uh, they don't forget about us. And so what we recommend for the first follow-up sequence, so once somebody opts into your list, what we recommend you set up is an autoresponder that sends out an email every three days for a minimum of six emails. And this would be either a course or some kind of of a six-part entertainment series. You know, it could be something as simple as you reading your book uh, in, on a video and kind of maybe having like a little cartoon created of, of whatever's happening. It could be something as simple as uh, lessons from your book if your book is kind of a how-to or a nonfiction type thing. Uh, but it's just a, a series of emails that goes out every three days that gives people some valuable content to either help them or create an increased sense of engagement with what you're doing but in terms of your general emails after your initial follow-up sequence it's going to be something that you're going to have to test in order to see what your audience resonates with
0: okay and now when i'm thinking about what you just said uh maybe you can have that as something people should subscribe to your list for like you know i don't know uh oh, oh I don't know, several days course or you, whatever it is. I mean, maybe that can be kind of featured on the landing page itself.
1: Yeah, so you, you could do that. But we have found that, that, believe it or not, the course itself is not as strong of a lead magnet as just a simple one-page PDF guide, primarily because most people don't opt in for something you know, that they feel like is going to take a whole bunch of their time, because like you mentioned, we opt in for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But if you give them something small and simple, like a list of resources or a list of tools or, you know, five simple steps, something that's that's short and simple like that, you're going to see a higher conversion rate and more people kind of being engaged from there.
0: Oh, very interesting. I never thought about this because, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And, and it's easier for the authors to create this, actually. I mean, one-page PDF is much easier than creating a whole big uh, online course, let's say.
1: Exactly. That's, that's kind of one of the biggest things. It's so funny because we think that if we spend more time creating a lead magnet, that we're going to get better results and a better conversion rate. But most of the time, that's not true.
0: Okay, so I guess the key here is just to know your... I mean, at least potential audience you want to gain and then just give something they really, really need and can't resist not opting in. You got Uh, it. And then it doesn't matter whether it's just, you know, a very small, even if it's a small, short thing, it it still will work because you've hit that, you know, that point that you you were looking for, right?
1: Exactly. You want it to, you know, it, it should provide value, but, you know, it doesn't have to be, Uh, some big long course. It doesn't have to be an 80 page ebook. It can be something small that provides a lot of value. And so, um, you know, that's where I think people get mixed up. And so, you know, provide something that will will kind of solve a specific problem or, you know, um, you know, satisfy your audience in a way. But it just doesn't have to be, you know, some big complex thing. Something simple that solves a problem is plenty.
0: Yeah, and uh, talking about providing value, I mean, based on my own experience, you know, I think that authors shouldn't think uh, about the value in in their own uh, respect. Because, uh, you know, if they have been there, and they know the subject, maybe they think that it's something completely simple, and obvious, but for for the audience, it may be a really huge value, because they didn't know about this. So I guess that the value should be kind of considered based on the audience needs, not yours.
1: Right, exactly. Think about your audience and what would solve their problem. Always remember that uh, as, as authors, as business owners, we always need to be tuning our radio station to WIIFM. What's in it for me? Okay, always think your audience, what's in it for me? That's what your audience is thinking. What's in it for me? So everything you do should be tailored to your audience and what's in it for them.
0: Okay, so I guess like the very first step before going forward and doing anything complex should be knowing your audience as as detailed as possible in that case.
1: Exactly right.
0: Okay, so what about, um, let's say, when you're having your list and you're having your autoresponder sequence and then you're uh, emailing them uh, periodically as we discussed, uh, what if you would like to get some feedback from them or you would like to get some replies, etc.? Uh, are there any tricks or any ways to kind of uh, create some engagement and and get some feedback from their side?
1: Yeah, the main thing is, is to remember that Um, most people aren't sure what to do next, regardless of what they're doing in life. Um, most of the time people just kind of do something and, and, and they don't know what to do next. And so you should always give people a clear call to action. If you would like them to, uh, if you'd like them to respond to your email, then tell them that you want them to respond. So um in in my autoresponder for my voiceover business uh, I do I'm a voiceover artist uh, as well as working for lead pages and so in my in my follow up sequence the first email in that follow up sequence says you know reply to me and let me know what you need the most help with with your podcast and that solicits lots of responses um at at lead pages and at conversion cast the first email says hit reply and and let me know what you were looking to get out of Um, either subscribing or you know whatever whatever it is that that sequence is a part of Um, so you know that's that's kind of one of the keys is ask them to respond and most of the time they will
0: okay and yeah so the key will be just you know knowing what you need from to find out from them and then just ask them to to let you know exactly very interesting. Well, uh, it's, um, so So let's say, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at this, like, you know, the email list itself, like, most of them, uh, most of the authors and most of us uh, can't really avoid social media. So we, we're in it anyway. I mean, more or less in, in some cases, you know, we spend more time on it, in some cases less. But uh, I'm, I'm looking at, email list like at at your own personal social media and your own channel and your direct link with your potential readers which which is kind of you know uh, a more intimate kind of uh, way of communicating with them
1: right and and you know i'm not i have nothing against social media social media is really powerful it's a great way to to grow your business and to promote what you're doing. Um, I do love social media, but I, th- I, I just want people to remember that your email list should come first and then you focus on your social media. So your email list is like the social media that you own. Um, whereas with, with things like Twitter and Facebook, you don't have any control over the platform itself uh, over what happens. But uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing marketing there. I just always recommend that people focus on their email list first
0: yeah not yeah the the um, the social media should not be on the expense of your email list let's say exactly and uh some people I don't know some have told me um, that they feel more comfortable and it's easier for them to communicate with people on social media rather than writing to their email list because somehow for the list, when they are writing, they feel more responsible, and it takes more time, and they think over every word they are going through, etc. So why do you think that is? And is there a way to overcome that and kind of make make this communication easier? Because I have a feeling that more personal you get, and you know, more conversational your style becomes with the email list, better results you're getting.
1: Yeah, well, I think the reason why social media seems so much easier is just because we're already used to doing it in our personal lives, you know, not as a business thing, but just as, you know, posting that, you know, we have some pictures of our family and they were great and, you know, we went on this trip. And so we're already used to posting to social media. We're used to that. um, And it feels very personal and friendly. But we've all gotten spam, crappy junk emails. And so we kind of, and we've also, most of us have gotten great emails as well from from lists that we've been on. So I think uh, most of us think of, you know, email as this very business activity. Like we're writing this email because we're trying to build a business. And, you know, yeah, that, that is kind of the primary purpose of the email. But you can treat your emails uh, very much like social media. I mean, we, uh, we recommend that your emails be as personal as they can possibly be. Now you don't want to be in there dropping F bombs and, you know, going crazy, but, uh, or maybe you do if you, if that's your audience. <laughs> um, but you know, I'll tell you my, my favorite, uh, email list that I never unsubscribe to. And I unsubscribe to every list and then re-opt in and then I unsubscribe. Uh, but my favorite one is, is, uh, from a guy named Neville Medora. Um, who he's the, he's the chief copywriter at AppSumo. Uh uh-huh.
0: huh. His,
1: his emails are incredible. You probably heard the episode on conversion. Yes. Cap. Um, his emails are incredible. They're hilarious. Uh, his most recent email was all about, uh, one of my favorite comedians, Louis CK. And you know, he, he starts off the email by saying, so what can we learn from this fat, bald, redheaded Mexican guy? what email starts with that as as you know the like the opening line but i love his emails because not only are they helpful but they're hilarious and so i always read them i always click through to his blogs it's just um it's just a great way so you know remember that your emails are sure it's a business thing but they're going to people and people will be reading them in the midst of their lives so You know, people will be reading them when they're sitting on the couch, you know, hanging out with their kid and their kid's doing something crazy and they just want, you know, to get a break or something. Or they're reading them when they're out in public waiting to get something at the DMV. People are in the middle of their lives most of the time when they're reading your emails. So talk to them in a way that they are, you know, that you can show them I'm a real person talking to you and I respect you and appreciate that you're a real person who's busy as well. So give them only what they need You know, serve their problems, their pain, their desire. And you will, you know, it'll make you feel more comfortable as well because you don't feel like you need to be a different person. You know, Ani, you don't have to be Ani, the author. You can just be Ani. And, you know, you talking about the book that you wrote is the same as you talking to, you know, people that you're just hanging out with. It's the same thing. And I'll I'll relate this to um, voiceover. So, in the voiceover industry, you'll you'll probably notice if you hear a lot of commercials, they sound like this and <laughs> gotta come to the store today, you know. But nobody talks like that in real life. Yeah. And so, more and more commercials are starting to be uh, very conversational. And so, when I get an audition script, ninety five percent of the time now, it will say no announcer, very conversational guy next door, mm-hmm. because. People are on to it. Nobody, or let me say this, very few people respond to, come on down to the store. Nobody responds to that anymore. Most people now will respond to a normal person saying, you know what? I sell cars. I'm going to get you the best deal that you can get. Come on in and I'll do my best for you. That's what people respond to. And so in your emails, in your social media, in your interactions with your customers, treat them like that. Treat them like people. And you will see, not only will you get You know, lots of opens and lots of click throughs, but you'll also get a huge level of response and people that will say, oh, my God, thank you for treating me like a normal person.
0: Okay, yeah, exactly. Exactly my point actually because I'm I'm always kind of advocating about being yourself and not just someone pretending to be someone you think people might like because you I mean at some point you will be really tired pretending and you know yes. <laughs> your real self will show anyway uh, at some point so it it makes no sense to to kind of hide it anyway. So, if we try to wrap it up um, let's say can we say that um, the the main thing that people should do first is create the landing page, come up with a really irresistible short small PDF which the potential audience will need, get their emails, uh, have author responder so they get used to getting emails from you, then be yourself and send out genuine emails later on.
1: Yeah, that's 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 pretty much kind of the sequence. And then, of course, you know, you want to still be promoting your book. It's, you know, everybody is afraid of selling, but don't be afraid to sell. You know, just make sure that you've earned the right to sell uh, a great book uh, for an example for that would be Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, You know, he talks about giving, 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 giving and then asking. Right. It's what most people tend to do is they either just jab, 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 jab all the time and just keep giving, 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 giving. And never ask for the sale, or all they do is just try to throw crazy haymaker right hooks and just keep asking people to buy all the time. Neither one of those strategies is going to be effective most of the time. You need to give a good amount, and then once you've earned the opportunity to ask for the sale, ask them to buy your book, read your book, then you ask for the book. So provide great content, show people that you're a real person you know, do that through, through, you know, landing page, offering them something great of value. And then your follow up sequence, which is great, your emails, which provide lots of great content. And in the midst of that, you can say, hey, by the way, if you found like this, or, you know, if you felt like this was valuable, or you found this entertaining, or, you know, you want to be a part of whatever, you know, go check out my book. It's on Amazon right now, or it's wherever right now. And you can order it right here exactly
0: but- yeah and and i think that the giving really uh works actually giving in the beginning because i mean i i'm still writing my next book i haven't finished it yet but uh you know just because i created this relationship i already get emails uh, from people saying that you know whenever you you need some help or whenever your next book is coming please let us know we would like to help so, um, it's it's really, you know, once you you are genuine, you are yourself and you create this relationship, then you know, even the situation becomes such that you, you feel comfortable about sharing about your book and, and talking about that because it's it does not feel like a really cold sales pitch anymore.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing all this information. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that uh, we kind of, we went through the whole process and we put ourselves in, in the listeners' shoes. And I think that it kind of, it helped a lot and provided a step-by-step action plan, which they could follow straight away.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad it was helpful and it, it, was, uh, it was awesome getting to share it.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for sharing and thanks for coming over once again.
1: All right, thanks Annie. Bye-bye. Bye
0: well that was it for today you can find the show notes of today's episode at slash 73 and also just a reminder uh, there is almost no time left on 18th of February my and Maron brackets webinar will take place uh, and it will help you gain an audience get in front of avid readers and sell more books so please uh, if you're interested go and register at www.anniealexander.com webinar. And I hope to meet you there. Uh, I guess that's it. As always, keep writing, shoot me emails, keep in touch and take care. Are you struggling trying to figure out how to sell copies of your book, especially the first 100 copies? The Author Marketing Institute is offering access to their latest free video course called Selling the first 100 copies of your book. This is the course everyone should have when they started publishing. It goes through all the basics from starting a mailing list to experimenting with different prices. If you follow the instructions in this course, you should be primed and ready to sell your first 100 copies, if not many more. Sign up for free at www.authormarketinginstitute.com.